Good morning, Nigeria, and good morning, wherever you're joining us from. This is PEF Things, episode 109, and this is Praise Forward, speaking from Praise Forward International Studio, Lagos, Nigeria. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, sorry for those of you who have been waiting. Um, we've been having a bit of technical um, glitches here and there, but we are live. Um, it's been a network um, challenge, but we're live right now, and we are here with you. Now today, I have a special guest because we've been talking about co-parenting and what we need to do, and we have touched on a number of issues on co-parenting, and today, I want to really, really narrow down on healing, because without healing, co-parenting may not be successful. I mean, the word of a broken-down marriage that is brought into co-parenting Sabotage is the best interest of a child, can destroy a child, devastate into a child, and consistently, parents eventually have to take a child for therapy because a child is totally upset, a child is not happy, and then you have a situation where father is not happy, mother is not happy, child is not happy. So what do you do? How do you handle situations like this? Well, I have 
today. With me joining, um, you know, me in the studio is the nation's premier play therapist and about the best we have. Her name is Zuriel Olowe. She is, um, you know, the direct executive director of Play World and um, amazing, amazing um, lady. Zuriel, you are welcome to PF Things. How are you today? I'm fine. Good morning, everyone. Good night, good afternoon, wherever you may be watching from. Thank you for having me this morning from Lagos, Nigeria. Fantastic. I mean, Zuriel, good to, good to have you um, in with us. And um, I'm glad that you greeted them because people are joining us from all over the world, North America, um, UAE, India, you know, wherever you, I mean, people always join the show. Now, we have been talking about co-parenting and um, you work with family. Um, and what you do is you create plays that can help people heal. Now, how devastating do you think it can be for a child when the parents whose marriage is failed have refused to come together to heal, to co-parent the child successfully? How does it affect a child and what can the effect be on a child? What are the things a child can begin to manifest that shows that there's fire on the mountain, Zuriel? Okay, um, thank you, uh, Pierre. Um, like I would always say, the same effect of pain, the same effect of breakdown or meltdown, um, the parents who have, who have gone either through the separation or going through separation or have eventually finalized their divorce uh, would experience or are experiencing is exactly the same pain, um, hurt, disappointment the child would experience, especially if the child um, once knew the home as a happy home. Now it's a different thing if the home had been a toxic home um, from when the child was born and all the child knew is just toxins in that home. However, if that child was born in a home where both parents were loving, treated him well or her well, and things just started going down in that home and he eventually led to either divorce, separation, um, the child goes through pain. Sometimes the children even go through worse pain because they just do not understand what is happening and the adults in their life are not there to either explain to them or consider their feelings when those things are happening. So you see the child, one thing that, the, one of the very first things the child experiences in this traumatic event is the child begins to withdraw. The child does not even know which of the parents he or she should go and meet. Because when they are going through this process of pain, process of divorce, some of them unconsciously tend to forget their children. Some of them do not even bring the children into the, into the forefront of what is happening. So the child begins to have a meltdown. The child can sometimes start throwing tantrums. The child may eventually start becoming a bully. The child may begin to um, have experienced low self-esteem. Because one of the things that happen to children uh, very fast is they become aware of other people's parents. Now, when a child is in an amazing home, the child may not even become aware of what is happening to other people. 
But once the child begins to experience toxins in the home, begins to feel that things are not going on well between my parents, the child's awareness and consciousness of how other people's parents or how other children are having an amazing home comes to the child's beer. And when it comes to the child's beer, the child begins to have low self-esteem. Then the child begins to look for who to talk to. When the parents are not there for the child to talk to, the child goes out to talk to the wrong set of people. The child begins to look for love from the wrong set of people. The child throws tantrums, meltdowns, low self-esteem. The child withdraws or the child becomes um, hyperactive. Hyperactive in the sense that the child is looking for attention, seeking for attention from either the parent, the child, the child is trying to ask what is happening. And funny enough, people tend to feel that maybe the child is one, the child is two, the child does not know what is happening. No. Children experience feelings. Children experience emotions. Children experience ever way or joy depending on what the adults in the life of the children are trained at that child. So the child will begin to manifest lack of attention, lack of love. And the child himself or herself becomes the toxins that the parents have felt. Wow. Um, this is, I mean, we've had situations, thank you, Zuriel, we've had situations where our parents who are going through separation, they have children, who begin to lie excessively, um, children who start to steal. Um, they've had children, some of them, I mean, who are in their teenage years, they just become very reward in court. And what the parents conclude is, oh, you are beginning to behave like your father, um, you know, he's an adulterer, you want to turn out like your father, or you want to turn out like your mother, you are stealing, you are not contented. Could some of these behaviors be attributed to the aftermath effect of um, an ongoing um, toxic relationship or even a divorce situation. Okay, so the thing is, a, uh, a misbehaving child is a discouraged child, is a child seeking for attention. So when you have a child who never used to pick things, you have a child who would um, not tell lies, who would always say, tell, the, tell you the truth, um, starts misbehaving. One thing you want to ask yourself is, as a parent, what is happening in our home? What are the things we are doing at home that is affecting this child? Uh, because um, one of these attributes is simply said, uh, when a child starts exhibiting this, the child is seeking for your attention. The child is at a state where that child does not understand. The child needs explanation. So and when I say a misbehaving child is a child that is discouraged, the child will pick antics that would make you notice him or notice her. And when you fail to notice that your child is also going through the phase of emotional pain, your child is being dramatic or tra experiencing traumas, what you would attribute the child to is that you are now behaving like your mother, you are telling lies like your mother, you're stealing like your father, you're committing, you're, you've, you've, you've become your father, you've become a drunkard, you've become, because these sometimes, you know, it affects even adults, so not even the children. So you have adults who are in their late 20s, early 30s, and their parents are going to divorce. You see them begin to act out as adults. 
So imagine a child that cannot express himself or a child that cannot even explain what is happening. So those behaviors are not inherent behaviors. They are behaviors that are more or less picked by the child seeking for attention, picked by the child seeking for expression, wanting you to notice him. Now, when there are behaviors in home, and this, this, this other side of it, when a parent um, already has a, a, a challenging behavior, when the parent has a challenging behavior and the parent is not mindful of his or challenging behavior, there is a tendency that the child will pick up that challenging behavior because there's an unconscious and a conscious way children tend to learn from their parents. So if as a parent you tend to lie or you tend to do things, maybe pick things, take things without permission, the tendency that while your child is doing that when everything is rosy in the house, you may not notice. But because right now, as a parent, when that child starts doing, when you start noticing those things when you are going through paint, it's because at that moment, you are not even in, you are not even in a state to understand that this behavior was picked by you. I mean, it was picked by the child from you or was picked by the child. Not even, it didn't start today. It just did not start today. It may have even started three years ago, four years ago, but you were not just mindful of it or you just felt the child were great. Now you're at a state, you're at your state of pain and you're looking for who to transfer your pain on. And the very next person you want to transfer that pain on is on the child because you're seeing the child, you're seeing your husband in the child, you're seeing your wife in the child. And because you cannot deal with your husband, you're also scared that your child will turn out, your, turn out like your husband or your wife. You take your pain, you take your challenges, you take all anger, and you pour it on that child. Wow. Now, um, Zuriel, when marriage has failed and divorce has happened and one person has been granted custody, how should co-parents explain the situation to a child in a way that the child doesn't become traumatized? What is the best approach? Because usually, if the mother is the one who is aggrieved, the way she's going to say it is that your father is a useless man, he has abandoned us. So you have situations where even the man wants to play a role, but the mother begins to fence the man and begins to poison the mind of the children because she's still in pain. And it can be vice versa. Now, what should be the best approach to communicate divorce to children in a way that I mean, it's, they are never going to understand, but in a way that at least promotes their wellness and the best interest of the child. Okay, so I would always encourage, depending on um, the child, depending on the um, understanding of that child, sometimes the parents are not the best person to explain what is happening to the child. They are not, they are not the best because at that time that it's happening, they themselves are also experiencing their own emotional downtown, downslide and pain and every other thing. So the tendency that one parent will want to look good in front of the, their child or their children when explaining the issue situations to them is very, very high. So what I would always say, depending on the age of the child, um, you may want to seek speak with a therapist, you may want to speak with a counselor who has more approach and who has a better understanding of uh, children's development, children's mental development, children's emotional development, and children's capacity, and having the right words and sentences to use on that child. However, if they are teenagers, I always encourage, 
uh, as painful as it is, divorce may be, as annoying as you, both of you may be, may be, you want to sit down together and speak to the children together. Now, you have, we have some children that are very smart. They are five. They are smart. They are intelligent. They know what is already happening at home. As parents, you want to sit down together to speak to them. Find your level ground. I tend not to encourage one parent speaking to the children when they are going through pain because somebody will butter up the story, somebody will remove something, somebody is trying to be good. So sit down together with the children. Now, before you sit down together with the children, you both have sat down as adults who were once in love and your love has gone sour. But you would, for the sake of the children, for the benefit of the children, you need to work as a team for the children. Now, it is not about you. Now, it's about the children. You both sit down as ex-couples, become friends for the sake of your children, and tell yourself, this is how we are going to tell, this is what we are going to tell the children. These are the things they need to know. These are the things they do not need to know. You don't need to go all out telling your children everything. But let them know that, oh, okay, uh, daddy and mommy can no longer that be together due to adult issues and every other thing. However, it does not stop us from loving you. We, will st we are still your parents, we will still be your parents, and we are willing to work as a team for you, to, for you to have the best of our parenting. So sit down and agree. Now, when you are bitter as a parent and you are still going through your pain and you are still upset, that is not the right time to sit down with your child and tell your child what is happening. If you cannot handle it, if you do not have the right words, if you please see a counselor or see a therapist who would help you. And what the therapist would just basically do is to help you uh, be like an anchor, uh, an umpire in when you're speaking to your children. So you, you could have what we call the filial counseling or the filial therapy where you all come together and the, um, the counselor, the therapist, navigate both of you in things and how you would go to explain to your, chi your children and eventually help your children and work with your children also. Because um, when your children are of the age where they understand that I, my daddy and my mommy will no longer be together, uh, one, one of them will have to leave, move away from the house. There's a tendency that we may not be able to travel to go for vacations the way we go for vacations. There's a tendency that we may not have the opportunity to eat all the things we used to eat. There's a tendency that we may not see one person for the next six months or for the next three months. That child breaks down. And the child needs uh, uh, the child needs either a child psychologist or a therapist to work with the child's emotions to help the child also go through the process of accepting that my parents will no longer be together anymore. However, it, do, it will not stop them from loving me, and I will still be their child, or we will still be their children. Wow. Now, Zuriel, thank you for that. How, I mean, people are going through divorce, they are in pain, but they have to co-parent. So you have a situation where the ex-wife is looking at her ex-husband, maybe the guy has married another woman, and she's bitter. And maybe he's a well-to-do guy. And, um, you know, the new wife, they are playing lobby-dovey, they are traveling together. And she's looking at herself as, this was what we built together, and now um, things are now rosy, you have been left behind. And that bitterness is there. How does such a person heal? Is healing possible? How does such a person overcome the trauma 
of that um, pain to now come to the table to say, can we cooperate or we need to cooperate and still be okay? You know, so this was you, you, you work together um, from the time when there was nothing and now times are rosy, you, you divorce, beauty, reconcilable difference or whatever it is. Now another woman is enjoying the fruit of your labor. You are very bitter, very upset, but how does such a person heal to be able to effectively co-parent with his, um, an ex? Is that possible? And what is the healing process that he needs to go through? Okay, um, when it comes to divorce or separation, um, the truth is it's either both um, parties in this relationship have their own blame uh, um, um, themselves or they both were not conscious of the things that were happening in the home and eventually led to divorce. So one of the first things I, I would say to people is accept responsibility. Accept you also played a part in this marriage breaking down because if you're able to accept that and look at what the things you did not do right or the things you um, you did well or the things you just didn't do right or the things you were supposed to do and you uh, you took them for granted what it would do is yes you, you may want to uh, uh, put a little you want to put blame on yourself but you cannot stay on that level for a very long time you can't continue to play the guilt trick and somebody is saying, I no longer want to stay with you. I'm no longer interested in this marriage. I need to move on. And the person moves on. Divorce has taken place. First and foremost, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for the things you did not do. Forgive yourself for the things you overdid. Because it is when divorce has taken place, you have one of the parties saying to himself or saying to herself, I invested so much. If I did so much, I sacrificed so much. Forgive yourself for the things you overdid in the marriage. As much as it is um, difficult, which I understand, as much as it looks difficult, it is very, very possible. Get to the stage where you say to yourself, if I want to force myself in this marriage, what will he do to me mentally, physically, emotionally. You want to ask yourself, is that a tendency that if I stay in this place, I would die untimely? If I stay in this place, I would end up in a psychiatric home. So those are the things, some of the things sometimes you just want to bring to your beer and ask yourself sincere questions and answer yourself sincerely. Because sometimes people do not get to answer themselves sincerely. Uh, they, are, they, are, they are very minimal with the truth and you find them, find them always putting the blame on the other person. What part did you play? Is there healing? Yes. Can you cooperate? Yes. But healing and forgiveness starts with you as an individual. When you are able to forgive yourself and when you're able to heal within, and the process of healing starts with you saying to yourself, this is not the end of me. This, is, this will not define who I become. As much as I know that I invested so much in this marriage, as much as I know that I was there for this person when this person was nothing, this person is now a millionaire, this person is now traveling around the world. But for the sake of my children, for the sake of the fact that I have children for him, she has children for me, I would be the matured one. 
I would be the healthy one. I would be the sane one to say to myself, because two can no longer work together anymore. I would move forward. I would push forward. And I would, for the team, for the sake of my children, I would create a team co-parenting for my children's sake. But you know, sometimes you have one party willing to create co-parenting um, parts for their children. And you have one part sabotaging it. What will this person do? Look for people who can speak to this person. A whole, uh, most often than not, when it is a, when it is a court of records divorce, you find that the court would always award a responsibility to one or two both parties. Uh, sometimes you have joint custody. Sometimes you have just single uh, one custody due to the fact that the court feels that the other party does not have the capacity, is not emotionally balanced or mentally balanced or financially balanced. To or the child will be at the children or the child will be at risk staying with that other party. So what you want to do is when you have single custody, sole custody or joint custody with the children, you need to sit down and both discuss. The focus is on the children. The focus is not on both of you. If you're able to take your focus, shift your focus from yourself, the marriage that went bad, the relationship that did not work, and focus on your children. Understanding that if your children do not have the best of parenting, the tendency that when your children grow up, get married, they may not be able to sustain your marriage, their own marriage, because your marriage has become a role model and it has become a template for them. So understanding that one, forgive yourself. Accepting that the marriage is over. Looking at yourself and knowing that it is not the end of the world for you. Asking yourself question, what do I need to do to build back myself? And saying to yourself, there is still the possibility of finding love again is out there. The possibility of looking at your mistakes, learning from your mistakes, and getting someone to marry you, enjoying marriage again is still very, very, very. Okay. Um, thank you, Zoriel. Um, practically now right i um so you have a situation where someone is divorced and the person looks at the partner and the person is uh, her heart begins to palpitate she is in deep pain deep anger what are some of the things the person can do practically um are there plays are there simple exercise um so the person is very angry you know and um their heart begins to palpitate and they and they have to go and co-parent maybe go for um, PTA or go for um, open day and you know this new spouse is going to come in the latest car, maybe you're going to bus, take a bus to the you can't even afford a car. What are the exercises, simple exercises that the person can do that can stabilize their emotions at least to be able to cope in that situation without feeling or throwing tantrums or having a meltdown? Okay, so the first thing you want to do that uh, before you actually go out is to ask yourself, are you in the right state of mind um, to see this person today, to meet with this person today? And if you find out that you're not in the right state of mind to meet with that person and knowing fully well that anything can go wrong, you may 
tow tantrums or any other thing, uh, you may want to call this person to say or send the person the message to say, oh, I'm sorry, I may not be able to join you today because you, your own health is more important also. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I may not be able to join you today. Can you come and pick, can I ask someone to come and drop them off? That is one. Then two, if it is really, really important that you have to be there, which is of, at every event you have to be there for your children is important. One thing you want to do first and foremost when you, like an hour before that time, is to speak to yourself. Mm. And how before that time, have a self-talk with yourself. Have a self-talk with your mind and speak to yourself, saying to yourself, I am going to meet so-so person today. I speak to my mind for calmness. I speak to my mind for peace. And I speak to my mind to, to have the to have that the matured mind to be able to act well and do right. One other thing you can also do is to set an anchor on yourself. Um, I think one of the recent anchor I asked someone to set for the for himself is to gradually pull his earlobes when he realizes that um, something is happening. He has just press the earlobes silently. In fact, don't let, don't let um, the other partner know you're pressing your earlobes. Just the soft part. So yes, the soft part. So just massage it silently. Or what you want to do also is to gently rub the back of your palm. And as you're rubbing the back of your palm, yes, you're rubbing the back of your palm, you're speaking to yourself in your mind. The power of mind talk is so strong that what it does is it calms you down. But before you leave the house, you can set your ankle from the house. Before you can also dance. You can dance at home, knowing fully. So you can what you can do, you can have a particular song. A particular song for every time you know that you're going to meet this person and you know that you're likely going to misbehave. Have a particular song you want to dance to at home. And by the time you're leaving the house, you're having the rhythms of this song in your mind. That when you are beside this person and there is a tendency that you want to misbehave, this song comes naturally to your mind and it calms you down. What you can also do while you are there is you can excuse yourself and take a walk. And when you're taking your walk, you're speaking to yourself. One, one, one thing you need to also do while you're speaking to yourself is to remind yourself that it is not about you. It is about your child. It's about your children. Remind yourself constantly that the reason you're seeing this person, the reason you're meeting this person is, and you want to call the name of your child or the name of your children. So for example, you want to say, for the sake of Tife Oluwa, for the sake of um, praise, for the sake of Zuriel, I am going to be the matured one. I speak to my mind today for the sake, because when you do that, you bring your child to your front. You bring your child to your awareness. You bring your child to your consciousness. And it helps you relax. Because at the back of your mind, all you want is you want your child to have a fantastic mother. You want your child to have a fantastic father. And the truth about it is that because this person was, a, was not an amazing 
wife or an amazing husband does not mean that this person is not an amazing father to their children. Wow. Okay, Zuriel, are you there? Um, looks like Zuriel's net worth is. I mean, she's touched on an, on a very very critical issue that um you know the fact that someone is not a good husband doesn't mean the person cannot be a good father, and the fact that a person is not a good wife doesn't mean the person cannot be a good mother. Um, she's touched on that issue, and I want you to take note um of that um let me see if the zuriel's network is back um okay um she's trying to still work on the network right so i mean it's part of the things we have said consistently on this show that you need to understand that you are playing different roles right and so the role in co-parenting is different from the role in marriage marriage was what broke down co-parenting must not fail and so she's giving a lot of some exercises to say you can pull your hair low you know stylishly and set that anchor or before you go out you need to dance a lot or you can massage the back of your palm and i also know that one of the things you can do when you are very angry is to count from 60 downwards don't count from one to 60 count from 60 downwards so you start from 60 59 um 58 um 57 as you stick to count down you know your breath your breathing changes your anger begins to subside i mean i learned that from zuriel as well so zuriel was telling him about counting down when you are angry from 60 down to to zero you want to take it away from there Okay, yes. So the counting down effect is also amazing uh, um, um, because what it does is uh, by the time you are so sometimes you want to start counting down from 100. Um, so when you start counting down from 100, down to before you even get to 50, it has helped you. Hmm. Another if another fantastic thing you want to do is to have your balloon. Balloon, yeah. Have your balloon calming effect. Your balloon calming effect is is also where you blow balloon. So what you want to? Okay, so we're having um, a bit of a network issue, but you know, Zuria was talking about having a balloon effect. A balloon effect is, um, and I've seen her do that. Um, you are angry, you can blow your balloon. Um, you know, and blow the amount of anger. How angry you are into your balloon and bust it right um i have seen her do that so in case you are the type who is going through anger issue is one of the things um you want to do let me check if um, zuriel is or what you do uh, is you blow hair into the balloon and you gradually release the 
inside the balloon. As you're releasing the hair in the balloon, you're also saying to yourself, oh, um, I'm going to be a better parent for my child. I'm going to be a better parent for, for my child, for my children. You're calling the children. Okay. Okay, Zuriel, um, we're having um, we're having um, technical issues from your end, right? So what you're saying is you blow um, air into the balloon and then you are releasing it gradually and you are calling the name of your children, um, to, you know, as you release the balloon to say, I love my children, I'm the best parent, I'm the best co-parent, I'm going to co-parent with this person. You know, and the process of releasing the balloon is a process of um, releasing your anger. Okay, um, um, we hope Zuriel comes back um, shortly, or she's able to adjust the network, right? So there are so many processes you can do when you are in a co-parenting situation and you are extremely angry. The thing is, don't run away from your anger. It exists, your anger is real, your anger is legitimate, but you need to understand that your anger is at the mercy of your interpretation. We say that nothing means anything except the meaning you attach to it. So, okay, Zuriel is back. Zuriel, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh my, um, Zuriel can't seem to hear me. Right, that your anger is subject to your interpretation. And what I say is, you need to separate facts from opinion, right? Opinion are exaggerated facts. We don't see that way because we are the ones involved, but most times opinions are exaggerated facts. There was what happened. Separate it from your interpretation of what happened. Your interpretation of what happens is what hurts you deeply. To say, it messed up my life. <laughs> Divorce happened, our marriage failed, is different from it messed up my life. It messed up my life is your opinion, right? Which is often exaggerated, right? Your life is still intact your life can still continue depending on the outlook you have about life your pain is legit we are not undermining it but do you want to stay in the place of pain or you want to move from pain to healing so that you can be useful to yourself because if you keep telling yourself you messed up my life you messed up my life you messed up my life you realize that your life becomes a mess and you may be unable to move beyond the trauma of that pain so you see people whose divorce has been 10 years, they've not been able to move on simply because of their interpretation. So your interpretation can be, life has given me an opportunity to start life afresh. After all, your mental health was under questioning when you were with your spouse. So it should actually be a celebration that you are out of that marriage, a testimony, an excitement in your heart. But you realize that it's after divorce that people now begin to process what they seem to have lost to say we built a business together, I've lost that business. We built a life together, I've lost that life. The pain of that interpretation is what makes people feel very sad and makes them feel very bad. So you need to situate it, separate divorce from uh, what separate what happened from your interpretation to what happened, which is why we recommend that you work with people like Zuriel. Um, you can work with people like me to process your pain because. You do not have the capacity to process that pain by yourself. And the people you surround yourself with 
if you are in pain, you will attract people who are in pain. And the way they will empathize with you is to demonize your ex and make them feel like he's a failed husband. He must be a failed father. No, not every failed husband is a failed father because the job description is not the same. So the process of healing, there are activities you need to do that can help you. Like so balloon therapy is one of them. Okay, Zuriel looks to be back. Zuriel, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Okay, so Zuriel, before we went, you were talking about the balloon therapy. Can you yes. um, repeat yes. that for us here? Okay, so with the balloon therapy, what you need to do is balloon therapy is to, before you move out at all from the house to meet this person, um, you get your balloon, every emotions you're feeling or every emotions you are likely going to feel when you meet this person or when you see this person. Now, what you want to do first and foremost, every emotions you feel when you even think of this person should be the first emotions you write. Then the other emotions are the emotions you feel when you see this person, you write them down, throw them in a balloon and blow the balloon and blow the balloon and bust the balloon. Now, when you bust the balloon, you're saying to yourself that you're letting go of these emotions for the sake of your children. Your children are the most important ones. Yeah. And because of your children or your child, you need to be an adult, a matured adult, a very calm adult and not to tantrums because your children are not the cause of whatever has happened between you and your spouse. So they should not bear the brunt of it. That is balloon therapy. Another thing you can do is if you have sand in your compound, go get sand, get a cup and pack sand in, your, in, your, in a cup. Try as much as possible and see if you can count this sand. Wow. Try as much as possible and see if you can count the sand. Definitely, it is not it is not possible for you to count the old sound, the old sand. But what you're doing is you're teaching yourself patience. Hmm. You're teaching yourself patience, and you're saying to yourself because you need to be able. Because I say to people, make sure that you bring out you bring out every sand from the cup. And you place them, try and, as, try and arrange the sand. So you are bringing out, trying as much as possible to pick one. To pick, You get frustrated at the point. But if you're determined for the sake of your children, once you're able to do that and you finish counting the sand, get up, get dressed, and go out. That's the third, that's the third one. Another thing one can do is when you're on your bed, while you're on your bed, you lie down on your back. You lie down on your back, your head to your ceiling, your head to your ceiling, whatever your ceiling is, and you play a video of what you want to happen when you are with this person. You are mindful of the video. You play a video of you saying the right things. You play a video of you doing a mental, right a mental video, you say. A mental video, yes, right? Yes, a mental video. Yes, a mental video. More or less like you are projecting into the future. So you are projecting into your next three hours or your next four hours of meeting this person. So you are playing a mental video of what you want to say, how you want to comport yourself, 
how you want to be behave, how you do not want to overlap, on how you do not want to look so sad, but you're playing that mental picture, mental video, looking at your ceiling and play that video. Now you need to play that video like five times for it to sink into your body, for it to sink into your mind. When it sinks into your mind, then you know that you're ready to meet with this person. One other okay. thing one can also do is get a trusted person. Get a trusted person who will, by the time you're leaving the house, this person sends you a message. The person sends you an empowering message, a message of encouragement when you're leaving the house, telling you, uh, um, speaking to you, telling you you're the matured one, telling you to act right, telling you to do right, telling you they believe in you. Now, when you get to this, when you get to where your spouse, your ex-spouse is, you send this person a message again to say, I am there. This person sends you a message also and encourages you. Because what this would do is you know that you're answerable to someone. You know that when you come back, someone is somewhere waiting for you to ask you, so how did you behave today? Did you act right? Did you speak right? Did you do right because of your children? Another thing one can also do is you can also record the things you want to do or the things how you want to behave. You can also record it on your phone or act it, act it out. So you are recording your phone the way we are talking right now. You're acting it out. Oh, when I get there, I want to say, hi, daddy. How are you? How was your day? How's the family? Oh, okay. So how was work? Oh, Tim, you want to talk about the children? You want to act it out and watch yourself act it. When you watch yourself act it, you put yourself into the character. You put yourself into the state. Because when you come back, you now watch what you acted and ask yourself if you did this or you did something else. So all these are self-therapy that one can do or self-play one can do at home before one goes to meet this person uh, or while you're almost there. So if you have your heart palpating, every time you're seeing this person, your heart is always in big, 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 big. You also want to speak to your heart. Your heart is live. Your heart listens. Your heart hears. So you want to place your right hand on your heart and you place your left hand on, on, on your right hand and you speak to your heart and you tell your heart, I speak to you to take control of yourself. I speak to you to be in control of yourself, knowing fully well that if you're not in control of yourself, you will cause my body pain, you will cause my body weakness, you will damage yourself, and you will damage me. I do not want to live in pain. I do, want, I do not want to live in regret. I do not want to live in shame. And I do not want to die an untimely death. Remember, my body takes life from you. So as I go to see this person today, I speak to you. Be whole, be healthy, act well, so that my body can align with you and my body can act right and my body can be healthy. So when you're able to do that, you find out that your heart relaxes, it speaks to your mind and your mind in return speaks to your body and they align with one another 
and they give you the best of behavior and the best of character when we are with this person. Fantastic. Zuriel, thank you very much. I have to let you go now. Is there, um, what are your social media handles? If you want to follow you on Instagram or people want to book an appointment with you, what's the best way to reach you? Okay, so the best way to reach me is um, uh, Instagram. I am uh, the play therapist on Instagram. On Facebook, I am um, Zuriel Oluwabukola Olowe on Facebook. Uh, okay. Um, okay. I'm the play therapist on Instagram. Okay. Yes. So uh, please follow her on Instagram and reach her slide into her DM. She does a lot of work with people. And trust me, you will find healing when you work with um, Zuriel. Zuriel, thank you so much for joining me. And thank sorry you for, for having me. Your, your sleep away from me. <laughs> thank okay, you. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. Okay, guys, thank you. We're done again for another day. And, um, you know, we've talked about co-parenting and healing. So please go ahead, practice those things. Put your right hand on your, um, your right hand on your heart, your left hand in there as well. And speak to your heart and tell your heart, at calm down you can be better you can love you can release yourself to team up with um shago or your ex's name to co-parent successfully i love me i love my art you can give life to me and you give life to humanity you know your art can listen your body can listen and these are some of the things you can do trust me nobody deserves to be in pain um but the amount of time you spend in the place of pain is dependent on you do you want to keep staying there or you want to move from pain to pleasure so learn to dance find your mojo back dance and dance and dance and enjoy your life thank you so much for joining me i'll see you tomorrow till then keep loving keep living